Why is internal communication so important for your care organization? Now, this is, of course, a rhetorical question, but do all care organizations do a great job of communicating internally? Unfortunately, this isn't always the case. David Barber is an internal communications expert with many years of experience of working in the care sector. So I've invited him onto the podcast to share some of his knowledge. In this episode, we talk about why internal communication is so important, the implications of getting internal communication wrong, and how internal communication can improve recruitment and retention. My name's Simon Parker, and this is the Care Leaders Network podcast. Today, David and I will be endeavoring to answer the question, why is internal communication so important for your care organization? So David, I'd like to think that we wouldn't have to ask this particular question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I think it almost is important to ask it to, to double underline uh, the, uh, the, the, the reasoning behind this. So tell me, why is internal communication so important in care? It's a great question. I think um, if you look back at where the care sector has been over the last two, three years, um, there's been a hunger for information. You know, COVID, um, and this is this is not just in care. This is right across many organisations where there's been a hunger for information and what's actually happening around each organisation. And from my point of view, what's what I try and get over to people is it's it's really important that you engage with that. People are hungry, and they they want to they want to hear the information that a, an organisation is trying to trying to tell them. We're we're a nosy bunch in this country, and I say that with respect. Um, but we like to engage with things, and we might like to find out things um, things that are happening within an organisation, and. From my point of view, you can. There's a very clear correlation between if I am engaged and I understand about what's happening in the organisation, I'm actually more likely to stay within the business, and I'm actually going to work a little bit harder potentially within the the organisation because actually I feel a connection. Um, and I think when we look at um, communication, certainly within the care sector specifically, that has been so important because we, you know, everybody's saying it's been a tough time within care, and it has, but actually there's been some really important and exciting things that have happened and things to celebrate as well over the last number of years. And through communication, you can really see how you can engage colleagues and your workforce far greater with with telling them about what what's what's happening and with, with the organizations so that's why i'd say um in addition to that if i if i can we're more productive as well if if i'm more engaged within a business i'm going to work harder which means from a productivity point of view and again applying this to care we can provide far a greater quality of care to the residents uh, that, that we look look after and careful within um, our organizations as well. So it's all interlinked, um, both from profitability, care, quality, engagement, they're all intrinsically linked within, within the communication side of things. One of the things that I was thinking about before recording today um, mm -hmm. was the, the implications of good quality communications and then almost the, the 
opposite the the flip reverse um uh, uh the flip side of of bad communication if you like so my 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 thought i was thinking so what happens when there's bad communication and the thing that struck me was the fact that if people don't have the information that they want need desire about a particular topic uh, let, let's use a almost have like a thought experiment. Let's say there's going to be something really, really big happening. Maybe there's a, an acquisition happening or maybe there's going to be a change of systems or maybe one of the leadership team are going to change something, something like that, that kind of has an impact for, for, for everyone and, uh, on, on a, in a, in a, in a team that works for a care organization. If you don't clearly get communicated to about the set of circumstances, what the set of circumstances is, why it's happening, how it's happening, who it's involving, all of that type of stuff. People get left to their own devices as to what the story is. Um, and if you haven't set the kind of precedent, the standard for what that communication is, if people feel left out in the dark, they can very easily go to a, a negative place and think, well, if we haven't been communicated with about something along these lines, then maybe this is a bad thing. Is this going to have implications for for me? And I know I'm, I'm maybe I'm catastrophizing a, a, a little bit with my thought experiment. Um, but as a let's say you've got a few hundred people on your team, let's say two or three percent of those people kind of fall into maybe a more negative mindset. If you've got two or three percent of the team, and that's maybe a uh, like a best case scenario, who are maybe a bit less productive, a bit more focused, a bit less focused. Um, because they're worried about their role or the changes or fill in the blank, that's that's not a good set of circumstances. And that's when mistakes might happen. That's when um, uh, uh, the, 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 the quality of the care might be uh, negatively implicated. Obviously, again, you flip that onto a into a into a more positive context where things have been really, 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 really clearly communicated and people understand what's happening. They understand why it's happening. They understand how it's happening. They understand who's going to be involved, all of that type of stuff. People can just crack on because they can be really comfortable and happy that everything's fine because they know what's what's going on and and, and how it's going to impact them, etc. So um, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation because I'm I, I'm, a, I'm a proponent of what you do. And I just think the impact of getting it wrong can be quite profound. So looking forward to getting into the details with you on this one, David. Yeah, I think one thing I just want to pick up there is people if you don't communicate with people, they, they start to make their own news, their own communication, which is a very, very dangerous place to be and to get to, because I think you use the word catastrophize. You're absolutely right. People will always go, naturally, it's just how we're built. They'll always go to the worst case scenario. And actually by doing that, you're creating, by not communicating, you're creating such an issue uh, within your organization because people always go to that that worst place. I, I never forget once where I was in an organization and we were going to announce some, some results of uh, how well the business was doing. And I invited everybody out through the communication channels. And I had people coming to me saying, are we, are we all going to lose our jobs? Uh, but, but because it was in their psyche that, actually they were worried and they'd created this mindset or whatever you want to call it whereby that they were they were going to the worst worst case scenario if you create a culture where to your second point where you're talking around i am well informed that i understand what's happening in this business i understand where we are performing but also providing quality care or whatever that might be 
actually, I'm far more secure in myself and what what we're doing around the business. And we create a far a far better culture within the business that allows us to all grow because we understand and because there is that culture of communication and not only I am being told things, but also I am being listened to as well. And listening is such an important component part of communication. A lot of people, they just focus on, let's tell you everything that you need to know. Great. That's good. But you've also got to feed it back the other way where actually I want to know what Simon's thinking about. I want to know what's actually getting on his nerves or where there can be something that we can change or implement that is going to help us get even better. And then the engagement, it's you've you've hooked in even more through through that listening process as well. So it's really interesting what you're what you're saying there, because you're, you're spot on. Don't don't communicate. You're going to create a load of problems. Um, do you communicate? You're going to have a far more engaged workforce. One of the things that you said there, I think, is of paramount importance. And if we don't just pause on this one for a second, I'll 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 regret not not asking the question. You mentioned listening to make sure that the quality of the communication is everything that it can be to to prove that uh, I guess the point of doing so is to kind of prove that you have empathy and understanding for one's team when when communicating, particularly about important big changes i guess almost the the higher stakes the uh, the higher stakes the importance of the of the set of circumstances the the more importance the quality of that uh communication um and to layer in on that one to to add a, a, add an extra dimension to to that point the quality of the listening prior to the communication obviously that has to be of, of absolute power paramount importance as well um, where did people go wrong from a listening perspective? Talk to me about that, because I think that's a, a point that will get some clarity. Getting some clarity on that point will be uh, super helpful for people. And it's it's all very it's all very well listening, but you've got to hear it as well, haven't you? Mm. So so I am listening to you now, but if I don't actually hear what you say, how can I respond in the right way? It's exactly the same in an organisation, certainly in care. You know, if, if you've got colleagues who are telling you that something's broken, something's working, something's not as good as it could be. Well, if you're not responding to that and creating this culture where actually it's OK to raise that concern, it's we're comfortable with you raising that within the organisation because that's how we work around here. That's how we make things better. And if you tie that back to quality of care, which, let's face it, we're all here in in the care world to make sure that we provide the best care for residents. Um, if if we're not constantly refining that and making sure that we're responding to those questions and those those concerns, how on earth can we get better? So it's it's that listening and acting on the back of it and not just a cynical kind of, well, you've asked for, I don't, I don't know, you know, a free a free lunch at work. Um, that's not really a cynical one, actually. I'm trying to think of an example, but it, Hopefully, I'm getting a point across where it doesn't just have to be a cynical. You've asked, we've done. Now, this is this is something a bit bigger than that, actually. Whereby you've you've said this is this is what we need to do, and let's work with you. Let's really go deeper to really find out. Well, why do we need to change that? Is something inherently wrong within the organisation, and how can we make this better? 
Um, because if and it's it's all linked back to that that want to make things better. Uh, and I think we do that really, really well in care. Um, but from a listening point of view, sometimes I know um, we don't perhaps do it as, as well as we can be. So. Really good insights there. I'm, I'm glad I paused to ask that particular question because I think it's if people watching or listening to to this episode didn't if their mind didn't automatically go there i think double underlining that point was a, a, a worthwhile uh, uh mini tangent for us to to, to go off because i wasn't that wasn't something that i was thinking about going into this conversation but we 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 did a good job of covering that off so thank you for that um okay so um retention obviously everyone's really keen to talk about recruitment um but let's let's talk about retention because fixing the leaky bucket is uh uh in my mind the the place to start um i was i was always taught by uh my my dear colleague martin murphy who's now the uh, uh operations director at hallmark care homes when we were uh running spmp my old management consultancy together he said um simon whenever you think of recruitment say say retention to yourself three times so i've had it drummed into me uh by martin over all the years that we worked together that was the the, the, the place to start so communication it's such a, uh, a a key part of the the, the retention piece. Clearly, a, a big question on people's minds at the moment because of everything that's going on in the uh, in the sector is how can we communicate to to help improve with with retention? It's a great question. I want to go back a little bit because you're right. If we'd been having this conversation maybe a year ago, it was all about recruitment, and it still is. You know, we're we're still we're still working against the backdrop of where it's very, very difficult to, to get people within into the care uh, sector. However, retention is such an important part of this because at the same time as we're bringing people in, it's, the, it's that leaky bucket syndrome, isn't it? And what how communication can really help with this, it's a part of, it's not, this is not your golden bullets. This is not going to solve all your problems, but it will certainly help because it's about building this understanding, this engagement within your organization, where actually I feel safe, I feel secure, I have a role that I enjoy. My manager is communicating with me and coaching me and telling me about how I'm doing well, but equally how I can make myself and develop myself even further. It's a whole part of this. And communication is absolutely central to this because if you're not having those engaging conversations one-to-one or as a group team in in your care home, how on earth can you expect people to really want to come to work? Um, and it's it's the, it's the old adage, isn't it? People don't leave the business, they leave the bad manager. And it's, it's so important to really empower and help our, our leaders within the business to really understand that link between if I engage, if I communicate with my team and let them know how they're getting on, which is all part of the communication piece along with engagement and everything else, that is really going to help my retention. And guess what? When I, I always use that, you know, it could, it could be going to see my mate down the pub or whatever it is. When that conversation comes, oh, how's, how's work going? Do you know what? It's great. I was really listened to at work today and I felt empowered to do my job in a new way because people were communicating with me and telling me about how good I was doing something. Oh, by the way, we've got some jobs going at the moment. So why don't you come and work for us as well? Because it'd be great to work with you because you're my mate. 
um, and join, you know, join the family. So it works both ways. If you've got an engaged bunch of workers who are who are working for you and doing a fantastic job to really drive care within your organization, why on earth wouldn't you use those people to bring bring colleagues in? So it kind of closes that circle where I was talking about, yes, it's about recruitment, but it's also about this retention piece and communication for me. Although as part of a wider piece, it's so, so important. It's an integral piece though, isn't it? Obviously there's, there's all sorts of stuff that you need to do from a, from a retention perspective. Um, but that regular high quality, robust communication with team members uh, uh, on a frequent basis to give people feedback just as much as anything, good quality, good quality feedback, good, bad, um, indifferent, whatever the feedback feedback is the the higher the quality of the feedback in any given given set set of circumstances i don't know what the data is around this but i would hazard a guess that people that get really really good quality feedback there's a direct correlation between the quality of the the, the feedback and the quality of that the communication the framework that that feedback sits within and the longevity of that person staying at that particular particular organization um so yeah com- completely completely on on board with this I, I do want to un- unpack in a second exactly what that means, because I think what we talked about conceptually, I think people will they can get on board with it. Um, but I do think it's important for us to just to unpack that a little bit. But one, one thing that I, I, almost an anecdote that I wanted to to throw into to uh, to the conversation for today, relevant to what you just highlighted there. Are, so Care Leaders Network is the. Uh, is the professional network for care leaders obviously ron's your name nobody nobody thought it would be anything different but we say that our mission is to help our members build remarkable care organizations and we say that our the, the first kind of principle of building a remarkable care organization is that you treat your team and the people in your care so well that they tell other people how fantastic your organization is and we number one principle because everyone can achieve it. It's it's doesn't matter what service you're in, what part of the country, and whether you're underfunded, any of that type of stuff. Whether there's recruitment challenges, everyone can always do that. Um, so I'm highlighting this just because this is obviously all part of a, a very special part of the the care leaders network and why why we exist and what we aspire for and all that type of stuff. But it links so nicely back to what you were saying there around the around the retention piece. Somebody goes home. From a day's work and they feel appreciated and they feel supported and they feel like they're being developed because they're getting good quality feedback etc firstly that leaves the team member with a certain energy and a certain perspective that they might not have otherwise and when they go and interact with the uh the outside world outside of the outside of the care service the way that they describe that care organization and the passion and the uh the 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 language that they use to describe their experience of that care care organization is is so important two reasons from a recruitment brand perspective if people hear about that uh, they might not think about it in these terms but if, if, if they understand the employee value proposition um in as much as the the, the fact that the the enthusiasm that the 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 person's friend will communicate to them with that's that's an incredible asset and it really really is an asset Secondly, from a brand building perspective, from a kind of a, a new business, um, from an inquiry perspective, that type of word of mouth advocacy is is absolutely incredible. Because if the 
inherently people know if, if you've got a team of bright smart people who absolutely love their love their job in a care setting what's the chances that the, the care is going to be terrible pretty close to zero right if you've got the right group of people who are all super pumped uh, about working in the, in that environment and they're all happy and enjoying themselves in there they've got a buzzing vibrancy to them that energy is then gonna that's going to be a ripple effect that's going to be experienced within the care service by the people experiencing the care and who's not going to want to buy that <laughs> you know you, like not every care organization has that same same level level of energy so the the catalyst of this is the quality of the communication obviously there's the kind of practical elements of what's being communicated and how and all of that type of stuff but the quality of the communication there is obviously of absolute maximal importance so yeah. getting into that i want to talk about the practicalities so obviously what we talked about i'm sure it all kind of makes sense to, to people but um but yeah how can care organizations how can care leaders practically go about about doing that that, that great communication that's going to have all of that positive positive implications I think just just before I answer that, hopefully, I think what sparked me just as I was talking to, uh, just listening to you there, is around the importance of stories within within an organisation. Because I was just thinking about, I'm so lucky to work with care homes and and different sectors as well, where I hear these stories about people who maybe only work three hours a week. But they, what they do is so important, and actually, it's about sharing sharing those stories within the wider organisation as well. So, if you, I don't know, you might have two, you might have three care homes, you might only have one, but how are you sharing those stories of Betty who works on a night shift every Saturday, and she did something incredible within the home this week. She she actually she took time out to do something a bit special, and there's every I challenge it. Any single home will have that story. Uh, it might not be Betty. It might be somebody else. But um, everybody, everybody has those stories. And it's about how do you share them? How do you share them across the business? Which comes to the to hopefully to the answer, answer to your question. So practically, how can we do that? For me, it's really important to think about how do you want to? What do you want out of your communication? What is that communication there for? Okay. Clearly, we've already spoken about it. It's there to engage. It's there to inspire. It's there to share these great new stories that we can do internally and also externally. Um, we're focusing clearly here on internal stuff. But work out, well, what is it that we want to do? And then think about, right, well, how are we going to do that? Because one thing that we haven't mentioned here is about over-communication, which you can do, but um, it's really about getting a plan in place. How are you going to communicate to your homes or in your home? Is there a set time that you want to communicate? So let's just say you've got one home. Is there a time in that week that it's a slightly quieter? It never is, is it, in a home? But where it's slightly quieter and you're able to get everybody together who's on shift at that time and let them know about what's happening in the home. And that could be as simple as we've got a new resident joining us next uh, the next day. This is who they are. This is this is what they're about. This is what interest they've got and really briefing people on that. Or it might be celebrating because it's Simon's birthday this week and we want to celebrate Simon because he's been here three, three, four years or whatever that is. Work out, well, when is that? And actually, if you've got more than one home, think about and listen to your homes and say, well, when is the best time that we can communicate out? 
and that might be a Monday, it might be a Tuesday, whenever it is within that week, right? Actually, we know everybody's really busy. So let's just not drip, drip, drip this stuff out. Let's make sure that we can consolidate all the information that you need to know in your home. And we're going to send it out here. Because one thing that I think any care leader would would not want is for for their their leaders to be absolutely um always always on um on calls on meetings on on anything else and it's really really important that we make sure that that absolutely happens to make sure that uh, everybody everybody knows what's happening and when in a really clear and managed way so that's how you can do it just on a on a week by week but then think what about next? Because we know that there's Dementia Awareness Week. We know that there's Apprentice Week. We know that there's various different months that we want to get involved with. We know there's seasons within the year. How are you thinking about how you communicate that out? How are you making sure that everybody knows and understands this is our regular cadence of communication through the year? And that's that's not only from an internal perspective, but an external perspective as well. The plan is really, really important. I'm sorry, I've probably gone on a little bit bit too much there but it's really important to get that plan right because if you don't plan it then it's just going to become an ad hoc thing that people don't really get used to it's really really important to to push that down i could talk far too much on this at this subject so i a bit be a bit careful but the the next piece is around tools okay and i i don't mean hammers and chisels here um what method are you going to communicate to your teams and we live now in a in a world where, my goodness, everybody's stuck to their phones, aren't they? There's apps out there. There's email out there. There's Teams. You know, everybody everybody's using all these different ways of communicating. But the trick is not to have too many tools because that can confuse as well. So really think about how you're getting that message out and how are you and who are you communicating that to as well within the organisation. So you've got the plan. But actually, it might be that you're just sending it to one or two people within your home for them to cascade the message down. That all makes total sense, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm appreciating the way that you uh, that you map that out there. Um, my interpretation of the 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 what you've been outlining there. So it's about so firstly, you need to have almost like set out the purpose of the communication. So you need to be really really clear with yourself before you even start. So what's the purpose of the communication? Then you need to think about like the 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 kind of the the what is being specifically communicated, um, and then it's about uh, making sure that the kind of the execution of said content is done in a way which is going to be uh, consistent with deriving, I guess, the outcome that you're looking for off the back of the communication. Because something in whether something needs to change or not. I don't know, like you might need something to change you might not need something to change but you're going to need people to appreciate something so that they're aware of something it's driving that particular awareness whatever that, again that outcome might might be so and I guess we've we, we've talked about the, the the recruitment side of things we've given some some examples of why that's important and kind of how that how that plays out um let's flip this on the other side of things again hot topic of uh, conversation for for everyone at the moment everyone's talking about recruitment um I'm guessing all of those rules apply to to recruitment as well. Um, I guess interested to hear your view on that, and then also, I guess talk more specifically about communication when it comes to recruitment. Okay, so um, in, ter- in terms, of, there, there's a real 
key link here because how you share your message externally with the colleagues, it's a, it's a little bit what we were talking about before. If your external message does not align with your internal message, then we've we've got a conflict here. How on, how on earth can we can we align the two? Because if I'm expecting to come in and you know the whole world is smelling of roses, but actually I start to go, hang on, hang on a minute, this this isn't what I've been sold. There's going to be a real conflict there, and well, we can forget about retention because they won't even get through the the first six weeks, uh, let alone six days, maybe six hours. Um, they've got to be aligned, and this this is where I know organisations are working so hard to really understand like what is it that we believe, what is it that what are our values, what's our mission here, and actually how do we align this and make sure that we're absolutely doing what we say on a tin. Because if we don't do that, how on earth can we recruit and retain colleagues within our organization for, for any length of time? There's just going to be that complete disconnect. So it's really, really important that all the messaging that you're providing is, is aligned with that overall vision. And I know an awful lot of organizations at the moment that are really working hard on this. What is it that we stand for? What is it that we believe? What is it that we want to portray and be? And that's, you know, mission, vision and values and all that work, which is so important to any organization, no matter how big or how small you are. This is this is what you hang your hat on. And actually everything falls, all communication falls off that overall goal. And if we're making sure that everybody in the organization understands that, then there's going to be no mismatch there. People will understand this is what I hear. And I actually see this. I can see this in the care that's being delivered. Not only me as an employee, but me as a relative, seeing that my loved one is being cared for in a way that it absolutely reflects the website and, and all the mission, vision and values that are, that are there that a lot of people just, it's, it's wallpaper. No, this is real. This is something that we stand by and live by within the organization. So communicating that out is so, so important, Simon. I love the fact that you brought that up. Um, this is something that I'm very, very enthusiastic about. And the, the the subject for me here is what I call cultural consistency. So when you talk about your mission, your vision, your values, all of that type of stuff, um, I call that cultural architecture. So you're mapping out, you're stating your purpose, you're explaining what the big, bold mission is that you're trying to achieve. And then you're being really, really clear around the behaviours that you encourage within your within your team. And that those three things is your your cultural architecture. And it's of such significant importance. I personally, I believe that Cultural architecture is the number one most important leadership tool that any organization can exist, uh, that, that can, can create hands down. There isn't anything over and above that in my mind that is more important than mapping out what, what uh, an organization's cultural architecture and then embedding it into the, the DNA of the organization. Um, so just to kind of state where I'm coming from when it comes to, uh, to to this particular conversation and the reason why I think that's so so important before I get into the kind of the specifics of how I'd like to unpack what you've you've explained um, 
to, to get into the detail uh, and to kind of talk to one of the points that you highlighted there around that consistency piece, I call it cultural consistency. You need to make sure that you've got cultural consistency within your within your team to make sure that the uh, people believe in the purpose, that they're aspiring to, to work together to achieve the vision and that they are behaving in a way which is consistent with the values that are, that are mapped out. That's brilliant. It has to come from the inside. It has to radiate out of the organization. What I see, and it's not a care sector specific thing, it's an organization uh, thing agnostically, but lots of organizations purport to be something that they're not and people can spend a mile off. So if 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 you go on the on the website of a of an organization, um, and it states the values or the, the the mission, whatever it might be, and those things aren't the fabric of the of the organization, if it's not part of the part of the DNA DNA, people will see that and immediately feel like they've been. Uh, their expectations have been mismanaged and trust goes immediately out of the window. And it's huge. I, I've, I've sat in boardrooms of care organizations uh, back in my management consultancy days where I've talked to them about cultural architecture and about uh, purpose, vision, mission, values, all of that type of good stuff. And, oh, we've got it on the website. Nothing to do with the day-to-day -day operating systems of the organization, nothing to do with the way that they lead their team, nothing to do with any of the communication that they have both internally and externally. And they talk a good game on the on the website, but you go into the organization, you think to yourself, this is not an organization that upholds the this yep. cultural architecture. And it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing the fact that you're going to agree with me on this one, but I'm, it, uh, it's I'm going a to profound important. I absolutely agree with you because... And the big thing certainly around values is how many times have we seen where values have been created by the exec or by, by senior managers. So there we go. You've just walked into the brick wall. Yeah. Don't do it. This, you know, the, the most engaging values I've ever seen uh, are from colleagues mm -hmm. because they know how it works, properly know how it works. And that's how you can build. That's how you build a culture. It's from colleagues. It's mm. not from a boardroom. Um, and call it just like you've seen there where people can smell it externally a mile off. Well, colleagues can smell it a mile off because of course, that's yeah. not a word I would use. I'd, I'd use that we can, you know, what, what, whatever it is, it's, it's absolutely, you know, it's got to be driven from the right place. Um, and that's, through the colleagues i i was working for an organization and i'm sure i'd be able to share this but you know the title when we were briefing this out for values was 790 colleagues can't be wrong i, I the, the number might be wrong there but you can't argue you can't argue. Yeah. this is this is not come from any boardroom this has come from the colleagues and so so listen up um because that's that's where it's come from so Really, really important. This is, how I, uh, this is how I spent my time when I was in my management consultancy days. I haven't run care services before, but I uh, I have uh, been a, an observer and a student of culture for a very, very long time. And that was where my value add was. I spent an awful lot of time with care organizations, helping them map out their cultural architecture. I'll give you a lovely story, actually. Um, I have 
uh, previously done workshops on this for loads of different care organisations. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's something that um, if I wasn't running the Care Leaders Network, it's something that I would be spending my time doing. But obviously, the everyone knows the story. The the, the management consultancy uh, got um, wiped out by COVID, and the uh, the Care Leaders Network was born as a result of that that, that set of circumstances in one way or another. Um, but the one of the workshops that I did, I had, uh, I'm sure she won't mind me referencing her in this conversation, Joanne Balmer of uh, of Oakland. Mm-hmm. And uh, she took over um, from a, an interesting set of circumstances, let's uh, let's say. And she had the opportunity to be able to, um, not necessarily, let's call it a turnaround, but let's say uh, to reinvigorate and to kind of reset the context for the organization, because the the uh, my understanding is that the the, the previous leadership team had um, done some things that weren't consistent with the the uh, the, the best direction for the business, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so uh, Joanne and I have known each other for the quite a long time. She uh, showed an interest in coming to one of the uh, one of the events and we went through the process of mapping out uh, the the the. the purpose the vision the values etc etc in one of the uh, one of the one day workshops now i know from that workshop that was a bit of a catalyst again it's today's workshop there's only so much that can be achieved in a day but i know that joe took that that so immensely seriously and i can see elements of the stuff that we discussed in that workshop when i see it communicated in their linkedin communications which is just incredible. The the those little seeds, the ideas that we were kind of sharing there, some of the stuff that was that was put down uh, the pen to paper when we did that when, when we did that workshop, you can see that playing out in the way that they communicate to the outside world. Um, so kudos to Joanne and her team for for, for making that happen. I, I'm very proud to have played a a small part in that as uh, as well. Um, Barclay Care Group as well. Uh, I sat down with uh, with Leah there. Um, Chief HR Officer and Andrew, their CEO, um, for an impromptu uh, pizza and culture session one one afternoon at their uh, offices, which was uh, which was good fun. And we went through a, a similar exercise with uh, with them as well. And similarly, you can see it in the communication that they uh, share within the outside world. And I, uh, I, I, you know that it makes a fundamental part of the way that they operate. It's part of their DNA now that they basically built it in. And you can see that they have cultural consistency and it's beautiful. On the flip side, again, when it doesn't work, you can see it, you can smell it, people experience it, they can feel it. And it's that feeling that if people don't feel that their experience has been consistent with what they've been sold, the concept that they've been sold, that's when doubt starts to come in potentially that's when fear comes in that's when people start asking themselves the question am i in the right place am i in the right role am i am i here for the right reason should i be somewhere else could i be somewhere else and before you know that person's out the door because they've they've uh yeah they've they've found somewhere else that they they feel they might might rather be so one thing one thing that i think is is important for us to to explore is the fact that all care leaders are time poor never met a care leader that isn't massively massively busy have care leaders really got time for all of this stuff they are time poor um it's but think about what would happen if they didn't communicate what would happen if the messages didn't get down you only have to think three years ago to what was happening during COVID, where we were over communicating because we had to. 
because things were changing so quickly. And for some people, it's a matter of life and death. For some messages need to get through. So what would happen if you don't communicate? That's the question, the real question here. And it is, it is so important within the care sector that yes, there's all that really nice stuff to know about that the warm and fuzzy stuff, but actually there's a very clear operational message in an awful lot of communications that needs to get there. And this is, it comes back to what we are saying earlier on, Simon, around actually planning your communication. We know, we know everybody's busy in the care home. So when is that best time using best in the inverted commas there, because there's no best time, but actually where can we squeeze that bit in? And actually, if we, we know that that's the time that we communicate the rest of the week, focus on your residents, focus on your colleagues, focus on making that home, your home, the very best that it can be. That's that's the focus. So yeah, we're all we're all the world is time poor. But actually, and and care is no different from that. But here's where we're going to communicate to you. And anything out of that, well, it's it's going to be a pretty important message. Um so yeah, it's so important because if we don't do it, the consequences could, I guess, be fatal. Good communication is obviously going to be important all the time anyway. I said something earlier and I, I probably should have paused and just got your perspective on, on this just to make sure that I'm not miss um, maybe misreading. But would, would, would you agree with the statement I came out with earlier suggesting that the, the more important the, uh, the, the subject matter, the greater quality of the communicate the more the higher the importance of the quality of the uh, the communication itself yeah you've got for, from from a communication point of view that there's things that are nice to know aren't they you know like we're maybe launching a new a new benefits or something that there's there's a call to action there clearly but there's some very very important information that we need to get across and this this is where it comes back to tools so actually how much do we really ace in on that message it might be that an email is not going to cut the mustard it probably won't um we might need to get everybody on a call this is really important if we don't make sure that everybody within our organization knows about this how on earth can we hand on heart make sure that we're covered and it's not that that's not please don't think that i'm you know recommending that we cover our backsides here this is but for some big stuff here, and we're regulated, so we need to make sure that we're doing everything in our power to communicate that in the right way because we've we've got to we've got to do it. So it's about choosing the right tools and the right methods of communication to make sure that that message, however important it is, gets out in the right way versus something that's maybe a nice to know and can go up on a notice board or a colleague magazine or or whatever it might be. So very, very important side. I think that's a perfect place for us to wrap it up for uh, for today's conversation. I think that summarizes our conversation fantastically. So David, look, it's been a real ple pleasure getting to talk to you uh, about why internal communication is so important. Uh, you're obviously a master of your craft. You understand this space 
really, really well. And I've thoroughly enjoyed our, our conversation today and the insights that you've shared. So thank you for, for today's conversation. Thanks ever so much. Been a pleasure. Thanks, Sarah.